Hello and welcome to Crafting a Revolution, the podcast. My name is Katie Freeman and I'm your host. Every Wednesday and Friday, I bring you interviews of female and non-binary makers of all kinds from all over the world. Today's guest is somebody who's not in the U.S., uh, which is always fun for me. Um, Her name is Eileen, and I am not even going to attempt to pronounce her last name. So sorry, Eileen. Um, But Eileen is a uh, fabric artist, uh, has been getting really into kind of doing all kinds of cool things with macrame and experimenting with that. Um, But she also has a history of doing woodworking as well. So really great to get a chance to chat with Eileen, who comes to us from Austria. Yes, Austria. Um, So great time chatting with her and kind of getting to learn, you know, more about her background and all kinds of stuff. So I know you're going to enjoy this episode just as much as I did. Uh, Before we hop on in to the interview with Eileen, though, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Annette, 513 Woodworks, Katie, Women of Woodworking, Kevin, Lefty's Woodshop, Christy, Twisted Twine, Jeremy, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven, Door Size Workshop, Rachel, Moody Makes, Bonnie, Toolmom, Bonnie, Toolmomstore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Brandy Studio Obey, Lee the Rainbow Carver, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your continued and ongoing support, helping me to produce two episodes a week, every week. If you would like to get your name added to the start of every episode, uh, you certainly can. Just head on over to patreon.com forward slash crafting revolution and learn how you can join up with the revolution pod squad over there. All right. With no further ado, here is Eileen. There you go. Um, All right. Well, when you're ready, I would love for you to introduce yourself. Okay, sure. So hi, I'm Eileen. I'm 24 years old and born and raised in Austria. So yeah, as I told you before, English is not my first language, nor my second language, because I have Turkish roots and also speak a little bit of Turkish. And yeah, I'm a multi-awesome, a multimedia student and will graduate as a Bachelor of Arts in September. And to the, as a, to, to the making st- maker stuff, um, I would say I'm just brand new to a lot of aspects of being a maker or even considering myself a maker, I would say. Okay. Are you excited about uh, graduating soon with a Bachelor's of Arts? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> totally, yeah, because um, I also finally get the chance to um uh collect some practice and start working Mm -hmm. so that's pretty cool yeah what's your what's your focus for your bachelor of arts what medium are you uh kind of focused on uh so in multimedia art there are uh, in multimedia art there are four different 
majors, I guess you can choose from. Mm -hmm. um, one of them is 3D computer animation, which I chose. Then there's also media design and film and audio. Okay. And yeah, all of us are, I mean, I mean it depends on the projects, but in many of them we work together because obviously when we are working on an animation mm -hmm. movie, we need some cool soundtracks and yeah. <laughs> what, like, what's your dream job from graduating with this? Hmm. So because <clears throat> it was kind of a, I would say, a unique path to, to coming to 3D animation. It's um, my dream job would something. Uh, my my dream job would be something I can um, use all my I guess knowledge and I've learned so far in in all those different schools I went to. Because I started first at a vocational school for fashion and design. So I learned how to um, design garments and design the patterns, also sewing, of course. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I noticed that, oh, after three years of um, attending this school, in, you don't have really much chance in Austria to be a fashion designer or something like that uh so and also i had on this path really great um, teachers and professors who also a little bit shaped and influenced my path mm. um, and one of my teacher teachers suggested me like you're super good in the designing part and the, in this in those years it was also like the first time I was working with Photoshop and all the Adobe programs so um, she, she suggested me to um, uh, visit uh, I guess a college for graphic design media design yeah more of the like the digital arts yeah yeah totally and um yeah, I was super into it because sure, sewing was uh, started a great, great passion in in the, my I don't know maker side of mm -hmm. doing something, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, where I really thought like yeah, that's really awesome, and I want to do that as a as my career was really like um that school for um media design and graphic design mm -hmm. so yeah let's maybe step back a little bit and talk about um growing up so did you <clears throat> you said you had some turkish um roots as well so did you like did you grow up in austria Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. I, I grew up in, in the state of Austria, um, also with my two siblings and mainly a, a single mom household. And yeah, of course, it's kind of a unique background because um, my, grandpa, my grandpa was a migrant worker here in Austria. Mm -hmm. So that's also why, how my parents met. And yeah, I would say I'm also like 
I mean, I am the first generation also like having the possibilities and resources to get that kind of um, education. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, I mean, both sides of my family, like the, the Austrian and the Turkish one. Okay. Were you growing up, were you a creative or artistic kid? Is there, were you interested in art in some form growing up? Oh, yeah, very much. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm the typical, I was always into artsy stuff and um, crafty <laughs> things <laughs> type of person. And um, yeah, but <clears throat> I guess um, I never imagined uh, like I could have, that would be an option to uh, earn a living out of it and make money. So but I still kind of went that path, like with the with the fashion school, and yeah, it was it was always like a creative path, I would say. Mm -hmm. What? Why did you go into fashion school? What was the interest there? Mm, I think it's it was the interest in trying something else because. In Austria, you have um, in primary and secondary school, like a subject called handicraft. And it's, um, I mean, to my times, I don't know if it's already changed, but in my times, it was like separated in um, the technical side of handicraft, which are, of course, like woodworking and also working with metal and some small electronic projects and so on and then there was the um the text textile work workshop and it was as you can imagine like always split into the the i don't know genders male genders, and female. yeah yeah totally it was of course everyone choose like their gender normal side mm -hmm. of the handicraft subject and I always went against it because I was like I'm not that kind of girl <laughs> <laughs> so I really enjoyed working with all um with, with the, all these wood projects and um so I guess it was kind of like um that age I noticed like you don't have to um i don't know uh, see that that um handicraft with sawing and so on as like the um, something so uh, craft ship which is um less worth because um mm -hmm. in all history in the whole history always women did it because yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey makers, so today's podcast episode is sponsored in part by Alicia Van Osdahl, who is the owner of Basil Blue Design Company. Alicia is a maker of all things really. Her focus is on beautiful craftsmanship through woodworking, repurposing, refinishing art and sculpture. 
Her background includes 30 years of graphic design, logos, and branding. If you have an idea or concept that and need a creative solution or graphic design, you can email Alicia directly at Alicia, and that is A-L-I-C-I-A at basilblue.com. Or you can visit her website at www.basilblue.com. And fun fact, uh, Alicia actually designed the logo for Crafting a Revolution. So that is an example of the impeccable work you can expect if that is something you are in the market for. So be sure to look up Alicia again at her website, basilblue.com. All right, let's get back into the action. So you were, I mean, you went against... You went against the grain a little bit in primary and secondary school by taking the quote unquote like boy classes mm -hmm. for handicraft and then decided to go try out textiles in college. Okay. What, um, Did you have the dream of going, of becoming a fashion designer? Like, was it hard to let go of that when you felt like hmm. that wasn't going to be something you could do as a real career in Austria? Mm -hmm. No, absolutely not. Because I was at that age already like, mm, I don't know, realistic about it and also found another thing which interested me much more like the designing part of stuff and yeah as you've been going through school what um what making outside of school have you maintained like what things do you do for the maker side of you mm, for the maker side i would say Currently, it's, um, or the last few years, I would say, it, it's kind of stuck with me, like the things I've learned in the fashion school. It's not, thing, not something I, I want to earn my living and, yeah, uh, not, not my kind of career I would choose, mm -hmm. but it's totally something I want to do in my free time as a hobby because I'm, yeah, so... Uh, very tactical person I think mm -hmm. I, I love doing um, all the 3D art visualization and animation on the computer but after a long day I, I don't know I, cr I crave something to do with my hands so mm -hmm. that's where it also started but that uh, I that's where I also started um working on some projects regularly mm -hmm. and also yeah it, it was also kind of the time where I guess a lot of newbies and a lot of um, new maker came to the community which was of course last year when the pandemic started so yeah it, it's it's also like I guess for mental health reasons, because at the time last year, I started also my uh, internship mm -hmm. at a studio. And yeah, like I said before, it's, I love working with my hands. And after a long day on 
sitting on a computer on the PC. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to work on some. I don't know. I started working on macrame and embroidery and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think you would do go back into ever doing stuff with um, with woodworking at all? Mm, I don't know if you could consider it woodworking, but um, you know when you're working on macrame uh, wall hangings, you need like the wooden stick. Mm. And I guess I started a little bit woodworking, <laughs> like just sawing the ends off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, I, um, I mean, everything, if it's a, a really like working with um, fabric and, and threads and cords, needles. So that's my mm-hmm. favorite tools. And if there's, if it's needed that I also need, uh, need a for macrame project something with out of wood yeah i would totally do it (laughs) (laughs) since i'm also like not i don't know i'm also a little bit of a frugal person when it comes to making Mm -hmm. because um i don't know for example for the macrame i uh, love um just using um driftwood for it and not buying wood and it also gives it more like more character I think yeah yeah I um I currently do not live by any you know big bodies of water but Mm -hmm. there was a period of my life where I lived very close to the ocean and you know I still have a collection of driftwood that I've picked up from living near the ocean as well as um you know, beach glass, those found objects that it's like the ocean created <clears throat> or a body of water created. I think it's very organic and uh, beautiful in its own form. I don't know if I will ever find a way to integrate those objects into something that I'm working on, though I would really love to. Um, it's still, it's like my small collection of things that I really enjoy from from nature so I think I like how you incorporate the uh, uh, driftwood I don't consider it frugal I'd say claim it as artistic Um, (laughs) is there I'm curious I mean if you spend your full day hours being creative you know on the computer and then you get creative with your textile work and your macrame and stuff Mm -hmm. is there do you ever get like a creative fatigue of like having to constantly create or think Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah it's not like that I do this um on a regular regular daily basis Mm -hmm. and I would say it's it's more like I don't know, uh, maybe I think it's a blessing like that you're able to work. If you like being creative and mm-hmm. you can, you are able to work on a creative field in uh, on your daytime job and afterwards you also like, of course you don't, you don't put those um, 
the, the creativity or or the the eye for design or something away and mm -hmm. yeah that's true is the the like the the embroidery and macrame side of things do you feel like that's a little hmm, i almost want to say like meditative where you can kind of like get lost in the process of making and not have to stay so focused on like the mm -hmm. what comes next part. Mm, I would say at first, of course, when you're just learning the technique and all the different uh, um, knots of mm -hmm. of of macrame, it's it's I don't know. You you do you do have very you have to be very attentive so and i also learned a lot of that from youtube tutorials so i always <laughs> had to look up like what how she's doing it again <laughs> and repeat that part like five times till i get it <laughs> and of course after that it's it's when you finally get all the steps you can do it and freely and of course it's then very meditative and mm -hmm. yeah I'm always amazed by um like my my mother-in-law is a knitter and how she can just like I mean she's totally focused on something else like a conversation that she's having or you know watching a show on television or something and constantly her hands just keep moving and like she has to pause every now and again to like count stitches, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to see where she's at. But really it's, it's, it's fun to watch how, I guess that muscle memory gets built up, that it's something that's like relaxing and she doesn't necessarily have to put a lot of, you know, brain power behind it. Mm -hmm. It's just relaxing to do that um, movement over and over again. Yeah. I'm on I mean, it really depends on on the, what kind of project it is. If it's like the, I don't know, uh, six um, wall hanging you're already doing, and it's kind of the same. Of course, you don't have to put too much brain work in it, and you can watch a TV show. Right. <laughs> and uh, but I don't know. Since I'm much more. Uh, generalist when it comes to not only like um my design job but also all the maker stuff the the hobby stuff i'm usually doing probably every second project is something completely completely new so <laughs> yeah you so it sounds like i mean it sounds like you enjoy maybe more so enjoyed the learning process. Yeah, totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just love trying out new things. And I already like it. My, my macrame project is still a work in progress, but I'm also already thinking like, oh, at next, next project is like a pottery thing or I want to try out the punch needle and so on. <laughs> okay. Who do, like, are you making, when you're making these things, are you making it all for 
yourself or do you make them and sell them? What do you do with all these things you create? Um, till now, I've been just mostly making it for myself or for family, friends as a present. Mm -hmm. But um, since I'm, yeah, starting work in August and working part-time, it's, I thought like, hmm, a lot of friends are already asking me like, hey, when's, when is your Etsy shop coming? <laughs> Can you finally <laughs> open it? <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm totally thinking about it um, for this year to open an Etsy shop or other kind of shop. Mm -hmm. not not off because of like oh yeah i could earn so much money <laughs> with that but just to have like the budget for the resources and right. try out and all the new things which are still my to-do list <laughs> yeah i mean i know plenty of makers who sell just so that they can like buy new tools or buy like you know whatever new thing they need to try out whatever new thing that they want to try out um, <clears throat> do you see there ever being a combination of your two worlds your digital artwork and your um, physical artwork mm -hmm. mm, yeah just I would say they, there is much space to try it out to combine them both because um, of course they are for um, if you're designing a 3D character that you need um, the clothing and the program already works like similar to like how I designed the clothing in, design, uh, in fashion school. So I already have kind of an idea how pattern works. So mm -hmm. that's also um, still one thing I didn't get the chance to um, try it out on a project. Mm -hmm. Have you done any experimenting with like creating patterns for textiles? Mm no not yet okay but that would be included in in such a um i don't know project for my own portfolio i guess mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. hey revolution pod squad so this week's episode is brought to you in part by me your host katie freeman super excited to have my first ever virtual class released called woodstain Rockstar. In this class, I teach you how to add a punch of bright, bold, and beautiful colors to any of your woodworking pieces with simple household items that anyone pretty much has in their kitchens. So I would love to see you join me for this virtual class. And the best way to do that is to follow along with me over on Instagram at Freeman Furnishings. And right there, link in the bio, you can find out how to join the class Woodstain Rockstar and come along for the journey as I start offering more and more of these virtual classes. All right, no further ado, let's head right back into the episode. So you get to start work and it's going to be part-time. So it sounds mm -hmm. like maybe you're going to have a little bit more time to do some of the things that you want to do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so what's on that list? What's on that to-do list of things you want to try out? Mm, 
so it's not um, only trying out new things but also like the things I've learned um, putting more character of myself in it I guess like even if it's like just a small thing um, for example um, um, when when I'm working on a macrame um, could like put um, uh, different pearls in it and also like which pearls um, which have like a special meaning from my Turkish heritage and mm. um, which maybe you have seen it so far it's it's like um, the evil eye um, <laughs> which is an, an blue eyes always and yeah it, it's kind of a a thing I mean I don't don't believe so much in it but I, I really like the concept behind it it's not really about um, like a good luck charm or something it's more like a something uh, a protection charm and um, it should keep all the evil spirits away and protect you and I think it's kind of a nice idea to cooperate in a macrame because you have that in your home and mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> so I would um, yeah would like to work on that more like um, combining like the the orient style of macrame mm -hmm. and not de depending so much on tutorials like I do right now. Mm -hmm. So getting oh. maybe to experiment a little bit. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I think um, since, you know, um, macrame and embroidery and that kind of stuff is uh, always seen like the the work for just only females and not acknowledged much I, will, I don't know it's it's kind of a I would say a trend right now with that those kind of crafts that you um, I mean it, it doesn't scream very much a, a punchy political protest when you when you make a macrame or something <laughs> <laughs> but I think you can totally combine that because um, maybe you have seen like um, the the macrame um, in shapes of boobs or oh, like yeah. the pottery stuff also in shape of boobs and yeah. all different kind of shapes and sizes and colors and I think a lot of hmm, I don't know person who persons who identify as feminists I think mm -hmm. um, try to I don't know hmm, put a political or some kind of statement in their projects mm -hmm. and um, I think um, yesterday I saw on Instagram like an embroidery um, and she took that it was a super big embroidery and she 
um, took it to a protest and yeah, she, she stitched like, I'm so angry, I stitched this just so I could stab something 3,000 times. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah. yeah. What do you, I mean, so I'm curious, what, what is the political or protest statement that you want to your work? to I would say kind of um, putting out the message that something like pottery, macrame, um, cross-stitching, cross embroidery, and all other different needleworks which exist is, should like, should finally be like a gender neutral thing and not only like oh of course you do that because it's yeah it's a girly thing mm -hmm. <laughs> which is like deeply sexist and always has been and i don't know it's it's time to break that mm -hmm. up a little bit i think and it's also like a great opportunity like to respond with that kind of craft to injustice and violence against women mm -hmm. also like pushing the boundaries and yeah being vulnerable about uh, like all the topics which uh, are which women are confronted with or mm -hmm. also like non-binary mm -hmm. binary uh people yeah yeah I, um i guess i wanna i wanna ask about maybe your experience like growing up in austria i don't know because i just don't know is <laughs> <laughs> Are there a lot of Turkish migrant workers in the area? Like, is there representation of your Turkish roots in Austria? Mm -hmm. Is that something that's, you know, that's a big part of Austria? Mm, yes, it's um, the migrant workers mm -hmm. came in the in the like also like like my grandpa came in the 90s okay. uh, or 80s um it's sure it's a big part also of austria and um mm, yeah i would say uh, it's i think as a it's I'm sure it's mostly it's not only like in Austria like this but when it comes to I think education it's I saw that and since I went through a lot of different kinds of education schools and stuff um, the rep representation started maybe good at secondary primary school but the higher education I got, mm -hmm. 
like the the less I had, for example, classmates who also had like the same um, background as I, or even professors or teachers. Mm-hmm. But that's not only like um, that that the representation is non-existent sometimes but it's also like female representation is is lacking so especially when I think um, uh, of my university all my computer animation teachers are of course male so what about classmates are they mostly male I think it started mostly male, but um, in my class, it's or more like nowadays, it's more like 50-50, I think. Okay. What about culture, I guess, as a whole in Austria, where um, you want to, you want to speak about the experience of being female? or, you know, things that maybe non-binary people Mm -hmm. uh, experience. Do you feel that the culture there is still very much like these things are female things, these things are male things, and um, maybe like you brought up violence against women is something Mm -hmm. that's not even talked about Mm, I would say in in Austria it's of course better than when I think of Turkey and Mm -hmm. I mean I didn't grow up there so I only know um, everything from uh, from our few relatives or news but um, I would say Austria is of course, much more open when it comes to just like pride parades mm-hmm. and um, accepting LGBTQ plus people. And yeah, so much at this point that some people who I very much like think they're open minded people think that like feminism and LGBTQ parades doesn't need to happen anymore because it's already everything good here (laughs) (laughs) which I don't think so (laughs) because (laughs) yeah Yeah. I mean we don't have to we don't have to make an LGBTQ plus uh, parade to fight for rights or right. uh, like in other countries still mm-hmm. it's it's really just a party at this point <laughs> <laughs> well but yeah I, I think a we party should... is good to have sometimes <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's totally earned I uh, yeah. <laughs> enjoy going to every year sadly not the last two years <laughs> to a pride parade but uh, for instance, in, in Turkey, that, that's something which is totally not allowed to do. So, Great. Hey, makers, today's episode is sponsored in part 
by toolmomstore.com. At toolmomstore.com, you can find any and all tool-based merchandise for all genders, all sizes. They've got mugs, they've got shirts, all kinds of cool stuff. I have uh, one of the shirts myself that has the uh, hashtag woodworker on it. And I also have a couple of the mugs that define what and who is a tool chick. So super excited with the merchandise that I have. I know that you will be satisfied as well. Um, and also great discount for those of you who listen to the podcast at checkout. If you enter the code maker mom, you will get a 20% discount off any of the merchandise that you buy. So that's just toolmomstore.com. All right, let's head back into the action. Yeah. And, and I don't, you might not know the answer to this because, and I don't know the answer to this, mm -hmm. but um, is it, is Turkey one of the countries where it's still like you could be arrested or even put to death if you are LGBTQ plus? Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, I mean, I've never heard um, that someone would be um, killed for being LGBTQ, but I'm sure that's uh arrested or arresting people for only that reason still happens for instance when they when they want to start and parade they will i guess instantly Arrest. get arrested because yeah. of that and also because we talked about um violence against women mm -hmm. it's very much uh, like feminism is very much needed in that that part of uh of the world and mm, of course because i'm half turkish it's super important to me <laughs> yeah. yeah and yeah it's i mean femicides still yeah. happen mm -hmm. in, i mean yeah everywhere in austria too but uh I follow certain like feminist groups and Instagram accounts and they put together a super uh, informative infographic and mm -hmm. um, I so, so, so they on the infographic you see that um, femicides happen like over 300 times a year and that was before the pandemic right. hit, so and I don't know that's kind of like a thing I when I think too much about it it's kind of depressing because you can only imagine how much that number yeah. uh, has risen uh, uh, because of corona and uh, because of covid and um, a lot of people are stuck at home and that kind of stuff uh, mostly happen because of family, relatives, ex-husbands, ex-boyfriends. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can speak to the fact that it, it's, you know, there's proven data out there that here in the United States, um, domestic violence against women and against children 
exponentially rose with COVID and the pandemic and being stuck at home uh, mm-hmm. with each other. Um, that's something that's, you know, through however I can, whenever I bring, where whenever I sell anything and stuff, I give 10% to um, my local domestic violence intervention program. Um, and I know that they struggled last year because of the increase due to the pandemic, the increase of people in need of help and services. Also, <laughs> coupled with not being able to hold their regular fundraisers and raise enough money to actually keep those resources available. Um, in fact, they've had to shut down quite a few places. So <clears throat> it's the, I think it's really, quite frankly, the invisible pandemic that happened right along with the one that everybody was talking about. Um, <clears throat> when, like, even as, I guess, as a kid doing crafts and art and stuff, have you always seen it as a potential out, outlet for, um, for sharing your views on like protests and politics? Mm, I would say, mm, of course, the more you are, I don't know, not just following the news, but also questioning certain things and mm-hmm. reading about it on your own and informing yourself, it's it got a kind of, a, yeah, a bigger subject or topic for me to also incorporate uh, such uh, mm, I don't know not stories but like things that are happening Mm -hmm. things maybe also like happened to me Mm -hmm. in a kind of a way because of course the the, that's um growing up it's it was always like um growing up i i kind of immediately immediately saw like the the indifference between being a girl and a boy and being raised differently so and i'm a huge supporter in like um raising your children doesn't matter boy and girl the same way so yeah yeah you said you had two siblings are they uh, same gender as you different gender Mm, yeah yes and no (laughs) yeah yeah, my (laughs) yes because i have a um little sister and a younger sister and no because i I have an older brother (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I I experienced that like being raised different because yeah because he was a boy and I I was a girl 
was that do you think because the be, because of being uh half turkish like was that a, like a big influence do you feel in the family of that mm -hmm. culture of kind of the difference between female and male mm -hmm. i would say maybe it's it was the time i was being okay. raised and kind of both sides like of course a lot of more pressure from or, or influence from the turkish side of the family mm -hmm. yeah what to you do you hope to accomplish with the art you put out in the world I believe like as a designer I don't know if it's a thing like that all designers want to do but for me it's like putting it doesn't matter if it's like uh, a project I worked on the computer or crafted with my hands mm -hmm. I think it's always like something you put from yourself in, the, in that kind of project. And of course I want even more if it's like uh, our own project you did for yourself or um, yeah, um, to uh, kind of leave a positive um, change or aspect behind. So of course it's, like as a designer, you want to have an leave an influence to. I don't know. It, it sounds like a little bit cringy, but leave the words to a better place or something. <laughs> I don't. I no. I don't think that's cringy because <laughs> I mean honestly, I do believe that probably every human being on the planet whether they like go through the pro thought process to get to that point to acknowledge it. But I think everybody probably wants to leave the world a better place, even if that is just affecting like their small community that they interact with. Like, I think, I do think that everybody strives to make things better. Yep, exactly. Um, so I'm watching the time and I'm thinking we're, we're hitting towards the end of our time together. Mm -hmm. Um, and I want to give you the opportunity to let people know how they can follow along with you and see the, the cool things that you're up to. <laughs> so, yeah, um, you, uh, First of all, I've been a long time kind of timid to, I don't know, share the process, the project I've been doing on mostly on Instagram. But yeah, I would say kind of um, getting more into the maker community. It's encouraged me to put of my work more out there, I think. Mm -hmm. And also like, post the process and like you said on on the 
on an episode before like it's also like your own portfolio and mm -hmm. you will look back in a few years and think oh I did that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> so yeah um uh you can totally um find me on instagram uh and my name is eileen dot uh but my my last name is kind of a abbreviated form so a y l uh i n dot o c d m r <laughs> okay okay um and i will link to that in the show notes so people can easily find it um Thanks so much for chatting with me today, Eileen. <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> All right, Pod Squad. So that was Eileen, and I will make sure that I include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. Best place to find that is in the description of the episode on whatever podcast app you're listening to this on. Or if you happen to be watching this on YouTube, just check out the description down below. If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure that you subscribe so you can hear more interviews with more fantastic makers from all over the world. And I have a mission for you, Revolution Pod Squad. That's right. I'm talking to you. I am trying to get up to 10,000 downloads a month by the end of the year. So we're getting towards the end of August. We have four more months till the end of the year trying to hit a 10,000 download a month, month. And right now we're sitting <clears throat> at about 2,500 downloads per month. So I am going to give you this mission, Pod Squad, that if you enjoy the podcast, you enjoy hearing the stories of all these fantastic makers just as much as I enjoy bringing that, these stories to you, please share with a friend or two or three or four that aren't currently listening that you think would really enjoy this pod, podcast. Um, I'm asking you this from the depths of my heart. Please, please, please uh, help me reach this milestone uh, that will definitely open a lot of doors for the podcast and get these stories heard to a much broader audience as I truly believe deep down that they deserve to be heard. All right. When I am not making podcast episodes, you can generally find me making furniture and home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings across all of the social media. Active most frequently, almost daily on Instagram and close to that on TikTok at Freeman Furnishings. So come along, follow along with me there, see what shenanigans I am up to. Right, it's the end of the week. I hope you all had a fantastic week and have great plans for you this weekend. And as always, help me go craft a revolution. She, her, fan, they got something they wanna say. Solution for the toxic masculinities. Pollution is the constant evolution of